Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 17th of August 2015. On today's show, we speak to Mikel Arteta about his return from injury. John Cross stops by to discuss the Gunners' start to the season and Adrian Clark previews Monday night's clash against Liverpool. But let's kick off with the weekend review. The Gunners kick-started their season with a 2-1 win over Crystal Palace on Sunday. Olivier Giroud got them off to the perfect start in the 16th minute. Certainly done him the power of good to come here. Meanwhile, it's Giroud who gets the shot away. The spectacular scissor kick has found the bottom corner and Arsenal have the advantage here. The goal seemingly from nothing as it came across to Giroud. It was a good yard and a half behind him. Somehow he's managed to arch that left leg and get plenty of good contact on and find the bottom corner. McCarthy completely startled with that and Arsenal lead. After Joel Ward had equalised for the Eagles, Alexis's deflected header secured the points ten minutes into the second half. Here's uh, Hector Bellerin looking to add some numbers to this Arsenal attack. Eventually, Santi Cazorla, who thought about lining one up with the left, then plays it back through to Ramsey, edge of the penalty area. Bellerin, 3-2 out inside the box. It might fall for Alexis, and then it's inside the top corner. It's an own goal, I think. Delaney has put it beyond McCarthy, and although Alexis has been mobbed by his teammates, I think that will go down as an own goal. The win was the perfect response to the previous weekend's 2-0 defeat to West Ham. After the match, Arsene Wenger spoke about how the team had to grind out the result. Of the game, I believe that uh, we have shown uh, our strong response and uh, that, uh, show, we have shown different aspects in our game that we are vital in the Premiership. We had a good fluent game uh, in the first half. Uh, when they came back to 1-1, it was a mental test to see how we respond after the defeat last week. We managed to find a second goal and uh, after that, uh, in the final part of the game, we had just to dig in and uh, to fight and we did it as well. So I'm pleased because uh, it was, uh, we have shown many different aspects that will be very important in the, in the season. The win for Arsenal was their sixth in a row against Crystal Palace and now leaves them 12 undefeated when facing the Eagles. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. 
Our Arsenal insider this week is the Mirror's John Cross, a man that I know pretty well. Crossy, I'll tell you what, I think I spoke to you earlier in the week, saw you and heard you on Sky, went to bed, woke up, heard you on the radio, and here you are again. You can never have enough Crossy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. That's, very well. That's my goal. <laughs> never have enough Crossy. So here I am again, pleasure to be with you. <laughs> Good to hear your dulcet tones. And I tell you what, after the disappointment against West Ham, what have you made of Arsenal's response? Well, I think it was really important to make a strong response. Um, I think the victory at Crystal Palace obviously was welcome. But I think generally more the mood, really. And I, I just sensed an air of, of defiance, really. And Arsenal had sort of so much to prove um, after that sort of opening day uh, disappointment. Really, and I, I think they've got so much talent at their disposal. I do think that, that, that perhaps I think a lot of fans might argue they need one or two more here or there. But I think Arsenal are going to be stronger this season. I think if they can kind of find that balance between sort of defence and attack, um, shore up the defence a little bit more, um, find the right balance in midfield, then I think everyone can see that they've got so much attacking prowess going forward. Ozil, Cazorla. Sanchez coming back, you know, Giroud sort of now off the mark on, on the goals tally. Um, I think Arsenal are really going to have an exciting season. And you mentioned that word balance, John, which is a very important one, isn't it? Because Arsenal do have a lot of options in quite a few key areas of the field, don't they? It's about, I guess, utilising them correctly and in the right games for the right opposition. Yeah, I, I look at it and I, th I think sometimes you can be almost overloaded with central midfield players and there's a danger I think Arsene Wenger uh, trying to squeeze similar players um, all into into the team, and sometimes you look at it, and I, th I think even by his own admission, he would say um, that he was trying to find the right balance against West Ham and also against um, sort of Crystal Palace. And I think really sometimes it's not just about the the, the best eleven players; it, it's about finding the right team blend, and I think that's so important. Um, I, I think the, the one that was, always catches my eye, um, sort of certainly in the last six months or so, is Meza Ozil. I think he's just a joy to watch, and I think if you can find the right balance around him and the sort of kind of the right team to, to bring the best out of Meza Ozil, also nice to see him score a few more, wouldn't it? I think Arsene Wenger made that point post Crystal Palace, and I think if you can find that balance and get Ozil supplying the ammunition to the likes of Giroud, to the likes of Sanchez, Walcott. Um, then I do think Arsenal are going to be much stronger for it. And you mentioned transfers very briefly, Crossy, earlier, but do you think, A, that any more are needed, and B, will they then happen? Yeah, personally, I do. I, I do think that Arsenal, perhaps, I think when you look at what they've got all over the squad, I think they're, they're really strong in certain areas. I see people talk about kind of the needing another centre-half. I don't see that at all, actually. I, I think they've got four really good centre-halves and I think they've got good back-up to, to the first two first choice, if you like. I think Gabriel's going to have a sort of a breakthrough season. I really do. And I think Callum Chambers in, in reserve as well. I think they've got two good full-backs. Francis Coquelin has had a brilliant sort of breakthrough, but I do wonder sometimes whether he needs back-up or competition in the holding midfield area. That's a particular area I would look at. And perhaps a, another striker. I think Arsene Wenger has come out and said that, you know, if, what, if one falls into his lap, then I think he would, do it. he would do it. I think every top team in Europe is looking for a top striker. I think a, sort of a couple of years ago, there, there was a chase on for about three or four available strikers. This year, you just can't see it. I think strikers are at a premium. 
um, particularly at the top end, which Arsenal would need to improve their striking options. But I do think that they need to strengthen. I think you'll see the Manchester City and Chelsea strengthen before the end of the window. That will give them both a lift. And I think that Arsenal perhaps to stay in title contention with, with those uh, as good a season as I think they'll have, then I do think they, they need to dip into the transfer market as well. John Cross, thanks a lot, mate. Oh, pleasure anytime. Thanks so much, mate. Always good to speak to you, pal. <laughs> and it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, the three goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! We've reached half-time on this week's show, and it's at this point that we're going to delve into the past for a history lesson. On the 17th of August 1977, club legend Thierry Henry was born in Paris. Of course, we all know that he went on to become the club's all-time leading scorer, but it was this goal against Wigan in the final game at Highbury to complete his hat-trick that was one of his most emotional. Whatever Thierry Henry achieves, uh, his name will be forever associated with Highbury. And on the last day here, he has... A hat-trick. The king of hybrid. You're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Club captain Mikel Arteta has returned to full fitness after missing most of last season. The Spaniards also signed a new one-year contract extension. Here he is talking to Arsenal media's Chris Harris. Just on, on last season, can you sum up how, how tough it was for you personally last season? It was really tough because uh, you want to be involved on the pitch, but uh, but certain, after a certain time in your career, it happened. It happened to me six, seven years ago when I did my crochet, and I went over that, and it was a very difficult time. I had three surgeries, 11 months out, and uh, and I managed to come back to my best even before I was before. And uh, after this one, is at a different age, so the challenge is there for me. But uh, I want to win the most of it. I've been working really, really hard, and and I will keep working hard to get my chance and and see if I deserve to keep playing. When you're not in the team because of injury, how do you maintain that presence, that influence in the dressing room? The same as I do when I play. I just try to improve things and catching them early when I notice that something can start to change or can get wrong. I know I've got a list that I've been doing for years with things that I think we can improve, we can change and we have to make sure we have to maintain as well as a group to, to develop what we want to do and, uh, and from time to time I just get some of the stuff to do and propose some stuff to the boss, to the teammates and to the club and the unity we have is really good so it's, it's easier to do here than probably other places You have a strong football brain which we see on the pitch, when you're watching games away from the pitch does it help your understanding to take that distance and, and see issues that you need to address? Yes, I always like to watch the games, I like to watch our games after the we play them because the feeling you have on the pitch sometimes is not identical to how you watch it from outside later on. But um, I've got a clear idea of what I would like to do and, and why I would like to do and what I would like to propose. And 
kind of thing, the direction is in. It's a new season. There's all this mm. optimism, as there always is at this time of the year. You, sh- you share that optimism. Have you got realistic targets for the team this year? What, what can we achieve? I think for sure it's the best group of players in terms of numbers and quality that we have had for many, many years. Uh, I think, as I said before, the unity we have is really good as a group. I think the cohesion around the club in every department and the fans as well uh, is probably the closest it's been because we have periods where when we had difficult times, it wasn't breaking down there in between and it was harder to maintain that cohesion. But as well, when you go through difficult moments together, I think that really helps, you know, to, to get what you want to get afterwards. So we haven't break in difficult moments, and that's very important. And we haven't started blaming each other and doing stuff like that. So I'm really confident that this group of players, if we maintain this group of players and start adding little things in the next few years, we've got a very strong, a strong team and a very strong player. So we've heard from the skipper there and we also want to hear from you on the podcast. So tweet your questions to at Arsenal using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly and we'll pick the best ones to answer each week on the show. Joining me now to preview the Liverpool game is the host of the Match Day show and the breakdown, Adrian Clark. Adrian, where do you reckon that Arsenal could look to exploit Liverpool. Yeah, hi Russ. I think that anyone that plays against Arsenal will be fearful of their movement, their speed and, and intensity. And when Arsenal play with a real tempo, they're capable of blowing anybody away. And, and we saw that when they last met here at Emirates Stadium in April. Um, and Liverpool, you've got to remember, have got a new back four. They've got two fresh fullbacks in Klein and Gomez. And I'm not entirely convinced about the central defensive partnership between Skirton and Lovren either. So if, if the Arsenal players are fluid and they play at speed, I think they can really hurt Liverpool. And from the flip side of things as well, Adrian, where can Liverpool hurt Arsenal? I'm slightly nervous about how they're going to cope with set plays because Liverpool have always been pretty organised. Brendan Rodgers is, is inventive from those situations and now he has Christian Benteke, of course, who will attack the ball when it comes in from free kicks and from corners. who have got Skirtle too as well, who's also scored against Arsenal in recent times. Um, the Gunners haven't defended corners brilliantly so far this season. They conceded from a dead ball against West Ham. So if you're asking me what I'm slightly nervous about, it's dead ball situations. What do you think will be the key head-to-head battle out on the pitch? Well, there's going to be lots of them, that's for sure. I think that the way perhaps Emre Chan, if he if he is charged with the task of masking Meza Erzo in the hole, I think that particular individual battle will be interesting between the two Germans. And on the flip side, Francis Coquelin is going to need eyes in the back of his head to look after Coutinho. I don't know if he'll start on the left or in that hole behind Benteke, but wherever he floats, I think Francis Coquelin will be asked to track him and to get tight to him. Because as we know, if he's allowed the room to shoot Philip Coutinho, he will score goals. So uh, Coquelin has a job to do. And that coquelin Cazorla central midfield partnership, it's one that I know you feel complements each mm. other very effectively mm. and it's really kind of grown into the roles and, and the various roles that they need to perform. Yeah, they have really good chemistry. They balance each other off nicely. And, and, and I just think in any match, the midfield battle is, is hugely important. Uh, if they can wrestle control from Henderson and Milner, who, which is a new partnership, then it will give Arsenal the platform to really go on and, and, and control this match. And if Arsenal control it, I think they'll win. Adrian, thanks a lot. Yeah, pleasure to join you, Russ.
We're into injury time on this week's podcast. My thanks to Mikel Arteta, to John Cross and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. And remember to log on to Arsenal Player and the Arsenal mobile app for the Matchday Show. That's live from 7.30 on Monday as Arsenal take on Liverpool. We'll be back on Tuesday, the 25th of August for the next Arsenal weekly podcast. And until then, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.